0: Welcome back in Brady Farkas show here on this Thursday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV You know, I've talked to Buster Olney every week on this show for a year and a half on a previous show for five years. I talked to him every week and I even talked to him a few times when I was filling in on the show before that. So I've talked to Buster a lot in the last eight years I've been doing this. This might be the day I'm most excited to talk to him and Buster, I appreciate you being with us. How are you?
1: I'm doing okay. Uh, And I was excited to talk to you because early this morning, uh, I texted you and I said, what are we going to talk about today? (laughs) And you actually answered specifically with a list of topics. And I was like, Brady, I'm, I'm just kidding. Of course I know what we're going to talk about today after the exit of Xander Bogart.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wild 24 hours because yesterday morning I was excited about the Kenley Jansen signing. I'm like, okay, the bullpen's getting better. Then they go get Yoshida right as we got off the air yesterday. I was like, okay, now they got a leadoff guy with some pop. That's good. And then last night around midnight it all came crashing down. And let me just start here with you on this. I do not blame the Red Sox for not paying 11 years and 280 million dollars for Xander Bogarts I don't think that a 30 year old player is worth 11 years I think there's questions about his defense so I get not going to that level for me what I'm mad about is that it ever got to that level Xander Bogarts wanted to be a Red Sox player for life I presume and if they had done this properly last off season or in season I think they could have had him for five for 150 or six for 175 or something that would be considered a huge bargain based on what happened last night so I'm not angry at the events of last night I'm angry at everything that led up to last night do you feel like I'm in the right here
1: 100% uh I think their handling of Sandy Bogart was mind boggling, as you and I have uh, really talked about all year. And it's punctuated at the end with him walking out the door for this offer for the San Diego Padres. It, from the Red Sox perspective, it never should have gotten to a point where he was even a free agent. Um, and when you really think about the, you know, from 30,000 feet, how they handle all this, you know, as I tweeted out this morning, they offered Yoshida, who's a really, you know, potentially good player. He's not proven in the big leagues, but he's, uh, you know, potentially a good player. They offered Yoshida, who's about the same age as Bogarts, uh, as more money, $105 million, You know, that's how much it cost them to get him. Then they offered Bogarts in the spring at $90 million. That offer in the spring, it was incomprehensible at the time. And now where you see where the market is gone, uh, it, it really, I, I think, underscores the fact their front office, their ownership, whoever designed that $90 million offer, made a huge mistake, and it's right in line with that mistake that was made with John Lester, where in the end, it really bears out a a huge uh, gaffe by the Red Sox. And as you pointed out, this is a player who wanted to stay with the Red Sox, who signed a team-friendly deal a few years ago. uh, You know, it's very respected. And on top of that, you know, there's always the question when a player goes to Philadelphia New York or Boston, can the player handle that market? You know, Carl Crawford couldn't. Sonny Gray couldn't. Xander Bogart was the guy who, who demonstrated he absolutely could. Uh, and yet, here he goes out the door. It's shocking. And I got to believe that as we move forward, there's going to be more conversations within the Red Sox organization where they're going to self-assess and say, boy, how did we blow this?
0: I have a ton of scattered questions that I'm going to try to bring all together here, maybe at the end. But what happens with Rafael Devers now? Because if I'm Devers and I see the money that is out there, I like I want to go to free agency now. Like someone at his age, if Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts can get eleven years and nearly three hundred million or three hundred exactly at their age, and Judge can get what he got, if I'm Devers, I want to hit the market and I want thirteen for three seventy five. I want fourteen for four hundred. I don't want anything the Red Sox can offer me right now. So I feel like the Red Sox are then left with two options: one make a massive offer now 15 for four ten or something and try to save some face or you got to trade them because they're not going to pay a free agent price next year based on what's happening. What, what do you think is the best course of action with Devers now?
1: Yeah. And, and that right now Devers has the Red Sox completely at his mercy. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. You know, Aaron judge got to a place in his negotiations with the Yankees where, the team needed the player more than the player needed the team. And he wound up, you know, getting an offer that increased by 70%. That for me is a blueprint of what's going to happen with Devers. And I, I can't tell you how it's going to end because I think your read on it is exactly right. If you're Devers, you can do the same thing. Judge did say, nope, not taking that offer. Nope. And you're just waiting for the numbers to go up. And I do think, you know, based on, you know, Trey Turner being offered 342, Judge getting 360. Uh, you know, Bogart's getting 280. If you're Devers, that offer from the Red Sox has to start with a number four. yeah, It really does <laughs> because of his age. You know, he's so much younger than all those guys that we've been talking about. He's in a position, and now that the Red Sox front office, their ownership is in this very defensive position, the fans are going nuts about Betts leaving, about Bogart's leaving. He can just sit back and knowing that that if he doesn't work out a deal with the Red Sox, if he doesn't get exactly what he wants, the contract that starts with the number four, well, guess what? He can go into the open market next year, and I think it's been demonstrated somebody's going to pay him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Buster only with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, as he is every Thursday on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com look, you, you have to pivot now if you're the Red Sox. People are wondering, oh, could they just go get Carlos Correa? Well, I got news for you. If they're not paying Bogart's 280, they're not paying Correa 340 or whatever the hell, hell it's going to take to get him. So that you're, that dream is done as far as I'm concerned. So the I guess the options are, are you playing Trevor Story at shortstop and moving Kike Hernandez to second and trying to deal with the outfield? Or... Are you trying to move Kike to shortstop and keep Story at second to deal with the outfield? Are you playing Arroyo at second and key and, T- and Story at short and, and keeping Kike in center? I don't know what's next, but I got news for you: none of the options I just outlined are as good as they would be with Andrew Bogarts here.
1: No, I tweeted out the projected Red Sox lineup as of today, uh, earlier you know today, and. The response from Red Sox fan was a bunch of emojis that involve vomiting. Yeah, uh, let's say it's not even close. And look, yeah, I think when they signed Trevor Story, the thought in the organization was that you know he could potentially move to shortstop if Bogarts wound up leaving or if he changed positions. Here's the thing: I mean, I heard from multiple other teams during the Trevor Story betting. Yeah, he's going to need Tommy John surgery, and even last year, as good as he was at second base. What I got back from evaluators was there's something not right about his throwing. Mm. Uh, I don't know if he can play shortstop. I do know, you know, they potentially, as you laid out, you have an option with TK Hernandez. You have an option with Trevor Story. You have an option with uh, with Christian Arroyo. I don't think they're great shortstop options. I don't think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great collection of, of players in the same way that I don't think you necessarily have great, uh, you know, great potential for guys to hit in the middle of your order. The projected lineup as of today, if you look at it, might have Trevor Story being the cleanup hitter. Really? Uh, you know, I it, it really is uh, incredible that they're in this position, and especially when you line it up within the context of the division. The Yankees get Aaron Judge back. They won 100 games last year. The Blue Jays are going to be upgraded. The Orioles are getting better. The Rays are always competitive pretty clear, as of this morning, the Red Sox are the, the worst team in the American League East, and I personally don't think it's close.
0: I'm not trying to be prisoner of the moment here, but based on what happened with, with Bogarts, and now what we've outlined with Devers, and that really maybe the best course of action is to trade him. I understand yep. they lose a lot of face in that, even more than they already have, but maybe the organization's best move is to trade Devers. At that point, are you going in full sell mode if you're the Red Sox? I mean, really, you've no. lost... Okay.
1: No, Brady, you're not going sell today. You know they have to sell tickets. They have to give their their fan base something to hang on to. And it wouldn't make any sense to, you know, upgrade the bullpen the way they did with these two older relievers, you know, Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin. You're not going to make those moves and then say, well, you know what, we're not going to win this year. But let's face it, if they're not if they're not contending next July, you absolutely think about trading Devers, who would be one of the two biggest impact players available next summer, the other being Shohei Otani. Uh, I, I think you, uh, at this stage, you know, if you can't sign Devers, if you're not willing to give him an offer that starts with a number four, uh, then you probably have to start to anticipate the potential of, of uh, you know dealing him. Uh, from what I heard, you know, in 2022, uh, they did not do much scouting of other teams' minor league systems after June, that needs to change. That planning needs to change. They have to start really heavily scouting other teams, minor league organizations, starting in spring training because they do potentially have this huge blockbuster sell-off with Devers coming down if they
0: can't sign him you know two interesting ideas for what else could come next are things I heard one yesterday from Tom Karen of Nesson and one from Will Fleming of the Red Sox radio network the Red Sox have a surplus of pitching I don't think we would call it great surplus but they have a surplus do you think they could package up some of these prospects or fringy prospects and like, could they trade Bobby Dahlbeck and Jaron Duran and Tanner Houck to get something useful. That's part one. And number two, I think Alex Verdugo only has two years left on his deal. He hasn't really turned into the player they thought. No. And they've got Yoshida there who's going to play left field, it sounds like. Do you think they could move on from Verdugo to try to get something useful?
1: You could look into it. uh, You know, as we've talked about uh, this winter, uh, left-handed hitters uh, have more value in the marketplace than they've had before, but... Here's the problem for the the Red Sox right now with the, the how generally weak their forty man roster is. It's whack a mole time. So you're right. You could take Alex Verdugo into the trade market, try to take advantage of that value now. But guess what? You need a right fielder. Yeah, he's a pretty good right fielder. He's a guy with an arm and you know with range who who actually you know is decent at that spot. And then you'd have to go and replace that guy if you you know trade Tanner Houck. Then you'd be looking for someone like him in terms of being a young, productive pitcher. It's it's a really thin roster, and it really jumped out. I know to uh, friends of mine who work in baseball the other day when Hein Bloom says, "You know, we're going to acquire eight or nine players." Uh, yeah, <laughs> like that that sort of mentality. The feeling is, my God, where are you going to get those eight or nine players, and how much is it going to cost? And if you're going to go out and get eight or nine players, how is it that you had the first guy taken in the Rule 5 draft? <laughs> I, I, there are just so many things going on with the Red Sox right now that just make you scratch your head.
0: Buster, I'll get you out of here on this. It, it's hard for me to find optimism after what happened last night with Bogarts, but... When I got off the air yesterday, I was excited about the the addition of Yoshida. And, you know, I, I had the particulars a little bit wrong. I knew the stat line. I kind of thought he was bigger than he was. I thought he was a middle-of-the-order guy. It turns out he's only 5'8". It sounds like he's a top-of-the-order guy. Yeah. Uh, I heard him described as kind of Andrew Benintendi, but with power. Uh, Keith Law shredded him and the Red Sox on the athletic yesterday. So I don't know what to make of Yoshida now. What have you heard?
1: I'm uh, range of opinions, and I'll never go back to, i never forget, uh, you know, at the spring training in 2001, and you know, you're going to know where I'm going to go with yeah. this. Uh, you hear from evaluators that, boy, the Seattle Mariners investment in that, uh, you know, that outfielder looks terrible. This guy looks awful. We don't know if he's going to fit. That was Ichiro, uh, and, <laughs> you know, who looked awful in spring training that year, and then went on to become a Hall of Fame player. Uh, so I, I you know, And when you look at his statistics, he has such an unusual skill set. Uh, basically, two times as many walks as strikeouts. He puts the ball in place, got a little bit of pop. Um, you know, There's always the question with any player coming to the major leagues for the first time, how can they handle that adjustment? I also think that there's going to be a little bit extra on him because he's going to be going to Boston at a time when the fan base is really upset. Let's face it, if he gets off the first month and he's hitting a buck 50, he's going to get booed in Fenway because uh, and, and if the Red Sox are losing, I agree with you. I, I find the uh, you know, the profile to be interesting. I, I In a vacuum, I would say I, I think that's a good move by the Red Sox. I like a big market team kind of taking a little bit of a chance on a guy with an unusual skill set, um, but uh, offensive skill set because he's, he's thought to be not a very good outfielder at all. Uh, but I, within the, the realm of everything that's gone on, the idea that you would spend more money to get Yoshida than you offered Xander Bogarts in the spring, it makes no yeah. sense.
0: No, I, I, uh, I, I certainly feel differently today than I did yesterday. Uh, you know, 23 hours from now, which is all trying to wrap. My, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what's gone on here and what is going on. Buster only helping provide some clarity is always. We didn't even get to Aaron Judge. We didn't even get to Trey Turner. Which team improved the most? The Texas Rangers apparently have an endless stream of cash. We'll have to save all that for next week, <laughs> or so. the
1: Padres for that yeah. matter. Yes. You know, what, how about the Padres being out in the market offering money all over the place? Yeah, it's been a good week.
0: It's been a, it was an active week. I I don't know that i'd call it good so buster we'll talk, we'll talk in seven days
1: okay